even if I was sick, even if I had no throat. I've made videos with no voice, right? So have I. Yeah, here he is. So have right? I. <laughs> so he's got his honey tea, he's had his cough syrup, he's making a video with no voice, but I've made videos with legitimately no voice. Wow. Okay. But we live in the greatest time in history, in my opinion, for people to pursue. 100%. That. Yeah. It's so exciting. Evan, thanks for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it, brother. You came to me. Thanks for making the trip absolutely, to Toronto. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, content creation has completely transformed my life. Yeah. My first time to Toronto was five years ago. Spin Master, Paw Patrol, and a bunch of toys okay, and shows. Okay. They hired me to talk to their marketing team. Cool. Here in Toronto. Cool. Such a cool thing. And like, I laughed to myself because what are my qualifications? I played with a lot of Paw Patrol toys. Okay. <laughs> but it was awesome. And uh, I love Toronto, I love content creation. When we talked on my podcast, you asked what hat I was wearing. Yeah. And it was a New York Yankees hat. Yeah, yeah. And uh, today's a Blue Jays Blue hat. Blue Jays hat, I like it. I never thought I would go to New York City, but it's content creation that got me there multiple times. And uh, it's kind of the same moment for me right now, is why am I in Toronto? Why did I go to Toronto the first time? Content creation, it's so freaking cool. I love it. It's such a cool time to be alive and uh, I'm thankful for people like you who are helping open these kind of doors for people. Cool, man. Well, well, I like. I appreciate you coming up. You're, you know, you're, you got a sore throat, sipping on some honey tea. You got the the lumberjack shirt on, Canadian, the the hat. We got to fix how you say Toronto, though. There, we don't pronounce oh, the last T. So oh, it's I not, can do that. Not Toronto. Yeah. It's Toronto. It's just Toronto. Yeah, there you go. Toronto. I can do that. Yeah. So if anybody comes. Yeah. And you say, and you say, if you say Toronto, it's like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> you say Toronto, like, oh, okay, now you're local. So Toronto. there you go. Okay, it works. I like it. When we talked last time, I'm still laughing because I asked you the difference between 211 and 212. And yep. I'm Canadian, so I didn't know what that meant, so I had oh. to look it up. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And you're like, what is that? Right, right, right. That's the freezing, right? I remember now. You're like, yeah. what is that, Justin? 211, yeah. 212? It's like me asking what's the difference between 311 and 312. It's like, what are, what are these yeah. numbers? But it's the difference between boiling and not boiling. Right. So, and, and we had a great conversation about this. But so often I find people don't realize that they are actually just one degree away from what it is they want to achieve. Mm -hmm. What are some of those differences that you've seen in people that help them turn things up just that one degree extra to go from not boiling to boiling? Because it's the difference between a steam engine moving and not. It's the difference between so many different things. So, so what is it you've seen people do to turn up the heat to take things to the next level? So I'd say two things. The first is just staying consistent on the thing. You know, a lot of times, I don't know how many times it took you to make a video before your channel started to take off. Uh, for me, it was a lot. You know, just like a, I had, I don't know how many years, five years to get to 2,000 subscribers or something like that. It's just, the only thing I had going for me was I just kept going, right? I, I, wasn't, I wasn't very good on camera. I didn't have any strategy. I didn't really know what I was doing. I felt insecure all the time. I was introverted and shy and like not a natural entertainer, but I just kept going. And so a lot of times the answer is just keep going, just stay consistent, just make another one, just make another one. And I think if you, if you're always focused on the next one you're making and not so worried about, oh, my last one didn't do as well or wasn't as good a thumbnail or whatever, like, okay, just like, you sucked it, perfect, make the next one, keep going. There's always another one that you're gonna keep doing. That's the only thing that I had going for me in the early days. 
And a lot of times, it really is just continuing to show up because in the showing up, you will slowly get better. You might be naturally talented, amazing, but you will, even if you suck, you will get better. You will slowly get better at the skill and opportunities will come to you uh, if you're in the game. But like you don't get opportunities if you're just sitting thinking about the game. You gotta be there in the game. And a lot of times we feel like we're just striking out and striking out and striking out, but it's like it's another at bat. And then eventually you get a hit, you know, and then you keep striking out and you get another hit and you slowly get better. And it's a, you can play forever, right? I mean, it's like you can keep doing this. It's not like in a year, YouTube's gonna go away and now you're not gonna be able to make it. So just showing up consistently. And for me, it's having a calendar and videos have to go up. So this is something I talk to creators about all the time is for us it's a daily calendar. For somebody else, it might be a weekly or a monthly calendar, but a video has to go up every day. Even now, how many years later, 15 years later, whatever it is, I still don't, 100% love any video that we release, right? Like I look at it it's like, oh, we could, we could tweak that and we could change that That's in the intro. such a huge point. Yeah, it's like we could, there's always something that we can tweak and fix and if you give me infinite time with it, I'll keep working and keep working and keep working and keep working on it. But a video has to go up today and a video has to go up tomorrow. So we do the best that we have with what we've got and then tomorrow we release another video. And so nothing gets in the way of the release schedule. So we haven't missed a video upload in over a decade. I don't know, you can go on the wow. channel, I guess, see when the last time we didn't have a, a day of making videos. Right now we do one long form per day plus one short per day on the main channel. The Spanish channel and the Russian channel and the other channels have a different cadence, but a video has to go up. And so if you create a calendar and say, okay, I'm gonna do a weekly video and it's gonna, it's gonna come out every Saturday, perfect. Every Saturday a video has to go up, has to go up. Even if I was sick, even if I had no, th I've made videos with no voice. Right? So have I. Yeah, here he is. So have right? I. <laughs> so he's got his honey tea, he's had his cough syrup, he's making a video with no voice, but I've made videos with legitimately no voice. Wow. Zero voice. And, but a video has to go up. Yeah. And this is where we'll tell ourselves, oh, we can't, we can't do this. Yes. We shouldn't do this. And our friends would let us off the hook and say, oh yeah, obviously you can't make videos. Like, no, 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 a video has to go up. And so I've made videos uh, with like me writing on cards and just holding it up. <laughs> I lost my voice and just pages of me just holding it up to the camera because the video has to go up. And, and I filmed through me breaking my neck. I mean, we've got Danny here helping us film and Danny was my camera guy when I broke my neck and uh, I had a concussion and I was still making videos. They weren't as long. I remember sitting there in, in our Airbnb and he turns on the camera and like the lights are ready or I have a concussion, I can't see properly. And I could not go for as long as I would normally would, but I would still make a video and a video had to go up. And so even if the quality is gonna drop because circumstances get in the way, uh, where you're trying something new and you suck at this new skill, a video has to go up. And so if you just tell yourself that a video has to go up no matter what, and then, okay, next week a new video is gonna go up. So this one sucked, cool. Like next week a new one's going up. If you just stay consistent on the thing, you're gonna start to win. So that was the first one. The second thing I'd say is then just say yes to opportunities. And a lot of times when opportunities come our way, we find ways not, not to do it, not to say yes, not to follow through. Like you're here, you're, you flew in from Idaho to come here for this opportunity. And I messaged, I had a few spots open today and I messaged a couple of people and you said yes, right? It's like, yep, I'm in, perfect. A lot of times people find reasons why they can't do it, right? Like, oh, I have, I have something else in the way. Oh, I have 
I have to be at my job, I have whatever else, right? And so opportunities like that don't always come along. And so when they do, what do you do about it? Do you find a way to make it happen or do you find a way, way to stay in your current situation, mm. right? There's a guy who uh, is based out of Vegas, where, where you're originally from, and he messaged me, and he's, this is a couple years ago, and he said, hey, uh, I'm starting a new show. I'd love to have you as a guest on my show. Uh, I want to do it in person. It's like, okay, well, come to Toronto. It's like, okay. It's like, okay. <laughs> like, you're going to come here. Okay, cool. So then the next week, he, he and his camera guy hopped on a plane from Vegas, came here at this studio. We filmed it. Uh, Travis, I don't know if Travis Chapel or not, but um, and we filmed it here, and then he flew home like that night, took the red eye back home. It's no like, way. I love this guy. That's right? awesome. And he's become a friend since, because I remember that. And there's other people who was like, oh, no, I can't make it because of this and that. I was like, okay, cool. I mean, I'm moving on to somebody else. Right. So opportunities will come, but they may not be convenient for you. Right. And so it's like saying yes to the inconvenient opportunity because like, this is your chance to go to the next level in your career. So uh, those two things, just staying consistent and then saying yes to the opportunities even when they're inconvenient. I want to riff with you on the consistency part a little bit. You know, we vlogged every day. I don't know if I told you this. This is crazy. Starting in 2010, we vlogged every day for three years okay. on two channels. It was nuts. I had hair. I had hair before then, right? <laughs> beautiful, beautiful locks. And <laughs> now you got it up here, you know? You got yeah, this, this now it just grows in the here. wrong places. Yeah. So we, we didn't have a targeted audience. We didn't target our audience at all. It was just like, let's vlog, you know? And it, it, vlogging was big back then. There were a lot of big family vloggers. We got nowhere. Defeated, crushed. I hated my job. One day I'm looking at my kids' stuff around the house. And I was like, oh, I could film myself playing with these toys. So I started Epic Toy Channel. Six months later, I could quit my job. Like we were just killing it, crushing it. It was awesome. The difference for me between failing as a vlogger for three years and Epic Toy Channel, which now has two million subscribers over a billion views, is that target audience, that metadata, that, that niched down thing. So I do see a lot of content creators creating stuff without, a, without their target audience in mind. And I think that's a key component. Okay, but hold on, let's go back to that. When you were, when you were sitting down and you're, gonna, you're doing three years of family vlog and it's, it's not working. I'm so excited for whatever you're gonna say right now. <laughs> I'm so excited, go ahead. When you sat down to make the video about the toys, yeah. that was not a well thought out strategic market research doing three months of analyzing channels Correct. and thumb, that was like, a, okay, I don't know, let me make, make a video about toys. 100%. And I think that is where creators need to start. Totally. We, add, we add the science in later. You didn't have all the market research when you made that first video. Zero. You just made the video for whatever reason. Maybe you just loved it, maybe this toy was cool, maybe you were frustrated with your vlog, but like whatever, but something sparked yeah. to say, I'm gonna go make this video. And it may not even have made sense, right? Like you've been already doing three years of family vlogging now. It's like, what, you should just keep doing. It's hard to like break the streak. Yes. 
right? It's a big deal now, you lose just one day. A lot of times, once people lose the one day, the whole thing just falls apart. So you don't wanna break the streak. And here you are making a Tory review video, like what are you doing? It's not, it doesn't make sense, but you wanted to do it. And then, for, I don't know what happened next. Like you loved it, you got great reaction. The first one actually didn't do so well. I don't know the, the track, but the science came in later. Yes. Where a lot of creators start with the science and they lose because you're going up against people who love the thing. There's no passion. Exactly. Yeah. You have to have a reason to do the thing. Got it. And then match it with the science. Like you hopefully were passionate about doing family vlogging. There must have been a, a core sure. passion if you're going to stay it for three years. But there wasn't enough science connected to it. Like if you were going to start that over right now, you'd probably do it way smarter than you did oh, yeah. before. You're, you have more contacts and knowledge and everything else. So it's not, it's not only, it's not one or the other, it's both, right? It's not passion or science. It's not head or heart, it's, it's both. But where do you start? You start with the heart. You start with the passion. Yeah. And then you figure out how to do the science on top of it. And I think that's a pretty similar story across the board. Right? My channel was very similar. I'm known for doing profiles of successful, famous entrepreneurs. The first one I did though was years in on my channel and was on Kanye West. Okay. And I did it on Kanye because this was a couple years after his whole Taylor Swift interruption, Beyonce had the greatest video of all time, I'm gonna let you finish, whatever. And a friend of mine, Mark, made this blog post about going after Kanye, like don't be rude like Kanye. But this was years after. Like Mark, you could learn a lot from Kanye. You know, like he's one, he went from being a producer to being a, a rapper to being an entrepreneur. He won more Grammy Awards than anybody in history at his age. Wow. It's like you could learn from him. And now he's a billionaire, but this is, or well, maybe not right now, but. <laughs> <laughs> he became a billionaire and came down, but at that point he wasn't a billionaire yet. I was like, you could learn from him. You could learn from him. And so I spent the whole day researching Kanye to make a top 10 video on Kanye just from my friend Mark Draker. Like I had other better stuff to do that day. I had a production schedule, other things I was supposed to be doing, but this thing got me so passionate. It was a mix of like upset at Mark plus like, okay, this needs to exist that I didn't expect it to do well, and I, I threw away my day to do this video just for Mark. Right. And it ended up doing really well. People loved it. And they said, can you do Jay-Z, and can you do Jeff Bezos, and can you do more people? And, this, and then that started this whole thing, that now I got market research, now I got science, now I got you know, 2,000 requests for different people to profile on the channel out of the, that one video that had no strategy, it was a throwaway, just fun thing to do to Mark. show my friend Mark, right? <laughs> Teach him a lesson. <laughs> and that ended up working out. And so I love chasing down those ideas. They don't always work out though, right? So like for that one, it ended up working out for you. The Kanye top 10 one ended up working out for me. I did another one where it was a Shania Twain dance challenge. I don't even know Shania Twain, but she's a, she's a famous Canadian singer. Yeah. Uh, and there was a song that I had it, I was playing it at my office and it was a coworker of mine there, someone on my team uh, didn't know the song. Like, how do you not know this song? This is a great song. He's like, nobody knows this song, Evan. This is like a you thing, nobody knows this song. And so I posted to my Instagram to say, okay, Jason here doesn't think anybody knows this song. I love it, what do you guys think? Do you know this song or not? And it was like 90% nobody knew this song. Like, how do you guys not, I, I started, I got upset now that nobody knew this Shania Twain song. So then I went to throw away my whole day and make a Shania Twain dance challenge where I, I took the song 
sent it to, I just DM people all day long, said, I, I want you to make a video of yourself singing or dancing to this song. And I messaged, just, I spent the whole day, I, again, I threw my whole day to do this. Alex was here with me in the studio. He, he helps me, this is a dance studio that I own. It's the largest dance studio for salsa in Canada, maybe North America. So yeah. Alex, I'm messaging him, like, Alex, we're doing a Shania Twain dance challenge. Like, what are you talking about? I need you to put on this song. I need you to dance to it. You know dance. Most of these people are like, they have no idea what they're doing. I need you to dance. It's like, I'm at the hospital right now, visiting my mom or something. I forget who he was visiting. He's visiting somebody. I don't think it was his mom. Who was it? Oh, it was your mom. Perfect. He's visiting his mom at the hospital. So Alex, I need you to dance with somebody, find a nurse, find somebody on the street. You have to dance. And so he ended up finding somebody on the street and they put on the song and he started dancing. And then I did that for like a lot of people, right? Just like put this song on and dance. We're going to make this Shania Twain song go. And, and we did it. We, I don't know how many, 30 or 40 people then submitted their videos of Shania Twain. And we put them all together. And then the messages that came in later were saying, hey, Evan, thank you so much for involving me. Like, I, have, I haven't danced since I was you know, a kid. I was so nervous to do it, but then you made me comfortable. Like, I want to do other things outside my comfort zone now. And all of the like, warm messages. When's the next challenge? Nice. Like, no, that, there is no more. Right. I, I don't want to do that. I mean, that was a one-off. That was a upset about Shania Twain. Nobody knew the song. I don't want to be the dance challenge guy. Right. But I don't mind being the famous entrepreneur or learn from guy. Right. It's like the point of that story is not every crazy idea you have has to work out. Like, was it worth it to do the dance challenge? Yeah, it was worth it to do that. I loved it. That was great. And I threw away my day both times for both events. One project ends up becoming this amazing thing that I built my brand on, the other one becomes this one-off little thing that nobody remembers, apart from the people who you know, were, were part of it. And that's okay. And so when you have those moments, those sparks, those hits of inspiration, just go do something about it. Before your brain takes over and tells you why you can't do it and how stupid it is and what are you gonna do a dance challenge for and like all of the things, like I'll start next week and then what happens next week? You don't do it. Right. That was crazy, that was a stupid idea I had last week, I'm not gonna do that. It's like saying yes to opportunities, back to what we were talking about before. And so you need to start with the heart and our brain often will tell, our brain's designed to keep us small, keep us safe, keep us protected and it doesn't agree with the things that your heart wants to do. Like, come to Toronto and do this, do this thing with Evan. It's like, yeah, but this is stupid. All of the reasons why. I lost I my voice. I should cancel the flight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not work. Yeah. <laughs> right? And that all makes logical sense. And, like, your brain keeps you safe. Where your heart wants to create something brand new. And so you need both. But the big decisions are with the heart. And the starting point is with the heart. That's where creativity is born. Right. And then as you get going, you can use your brain to figure out, do I, do I keep doing this? How do I build, how do I inject the science into it? So top 10 profiles, yeah, I love that all day. Let's get smarter at it. Dance challenges, one and done. Right, right. But it gets back to the story, like it didn't start with science. It didn't start with target market. It didn't start with knowing your audience. It didn't start with creating an avatar, right? It started with, I'm gonna do a, a tour review. I don't know, there's this dinosaur here. Let me do this tour review. And whatever sparked the seed after that, whether the video did well or you got a couple comments or it was just fun to do or like, I could do more of this, then you brought the science in and that's how you blew up you know, a channel to having a billion views. Right. But it starts with the seed of creativity that you just said yes to and followed. 100%. Something we talked about last time in reference to my podcast is you're asking what my value prop was and if, if and I was still trying to figure it out at the time, still am. And if I was just gonna be like a Larry King talking head thing or what? 
I realized a few days later, I want to be the advocate for, you know, Mike Rowe, Dirty Jobs? Mm -hmm. He's the blue collar advocate. He's the guy. Love him. He's amazing. I want to be that guy for the no collar worker. Okay. What's a no collar worker? Creators? <laughs> In a sense. Okay. Or maybe the dentist who doesn't want to be a dentist. He wants to run a food truck. Or maybe the kid who is really good at video games and he wants to create, I don't know, an e-learning course on teaching people how to be content creators or okay. just the out of the box thing. Is no collar or thing or are you just making that up? I thought I made it up okay. and then I went to Google and I did not so, make it up. Okay, so what does no collar actually mean? I would have to look at oh, okay, it. Essentially, it doesn't matter. essentially that. Okay. It's not blue collar, it's not white collar. It's kind of everything else. Okay. But we live in the greatest time in history, in my opinion, for people to pursue. 100%. That. Yeah. It's so exciting. So that's kind of what I want to do with my show encourage people to take the risk. I've always relied on me, I've always been the plan B and the plan A. And I want to encourage others to take the risk. Yeah. And What's so, the name of the show right now? It's pretty clever. I came up with the first <laughs> If you say part. so yourself, <laughs> I came up with it. There's three words. Unlimited. Okay. I made that part up. Okay. With Justin Evans. Okay. My parents made up the Justin. My grandparents came up with the Evans part. Okay. It's just my name. Yeah. But that's what I want to do is help people become unlimited in whatever their pursuit is. Okay. I mean, I like it. I like take the risk better, at least for where you are now. Ooh, tell me. Take the risk? Take the risk with Justin Evans. Ooh. Because in, in say, well, what do you do? You just said take the risk. I want to encourage people to take the risk. You said take the risk like three times. You didn't say unlimited at all until I asked you the name of your show. Take so, a risk. I like it. Now you have to take a risk to take a risk. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm 15 episodes deep. Yeah. But even like coming here, like you're taking a risk. Starting a new podcast, you're taking a risk. Having your, like you had all these take the risk moments. If you, you know, my, my Kanye story is taking a risk. And if you focus in on people who you look up to, respect, admire, want to learn from, and are telling their take the risk story, that's inspiring to people. And, and just to your point, it doesn't have to be just content creators. It could be whatever you need to do to pursue your dream job. Well, it's, it's insane. I, have, I had a client years ago who was making over $100,000 a year filming fish tanks. Just fish tanks, live streaming fish tanks. 100 grand a year. Insane. That's nuts. Imagine explaining that to our great, our great, great grandparents. You know, in the future, people make a ton of money yeah. on their phone filming stuff. Like, it's insane. Wait, but forget great, great grandparents. Your parents. True. <laughs> yeah. How old are you now? 41. I'm 43. I, lo I look 26, but I'm 41. You got, you got some gray in there, man. That's not 26. <laughs> so I'm 43. It's about the same. But look at your parents at 41. Yeah. What were they doing? Like, not, not yeah. chasing down their dreams and goals, probably. Yeah. Unless you had serious outliers of parents. Because it wasn't possible. It's not that you're so much better than them. You have more opportunities. It wasn't po You have the internet. Right. You know, they didn't. Right. At 41. Right. So the opportunities are, you're going to be sitting here and flying to Toronto and meeting people and creating, people are going to pay you to do this with content and advertising. Like, it doesn't, doesn't make any sense. They're in a completely different world. So this is where a lot of times when, when I get the parenting questions, it's like, well, your parents love you, probably. Probably. They just, they're pilgrims. Like, they're from a different world. They don't understand what's open to you. Because when they were your age, they grew up in a completely different world. And so they, 
they, they want what's best for you, but they're running it through their filter and their world, not your world and what currently exists. So yeah, your parents, I mean, my parents at 43, it was a completely different sure. life, different world. Right. It's crazy. That's a really good point. So take the risk, like if you're talking about what is the first step that people need to take and whether it's people who've already done it or people who are about to and you're gonna encourage them to do it. I mean, I keep thinking about Danny, he's my, my video guy here. Used to work at UPS, is it UPS? I always mess it up, guys, say FedEx for some reason. And he, tell, he tells me afterwards, dude, he said FedEx again, dude, it's UPS. He's working at UPS, but he loves making videos. Like, he loves filming. But he sucks at it and, like, you know, doesn't have any paid clients and is just getting going. And he's, like, working at UPS and is working in the back of the hot truck and sweating his face off and, like, hating life and just says, enough is enough. I'm going to leave this stupid UPS and I'm going to start my own business and I'm going to try to figure it out without like six figure deals lined up to be able to go off and do it. And he bet on himself and he made this career. And now he's got like all this gear and working with big clients and doing awesome projects and jobs and commercials and tons of stuff because he took the risk, right? So like stories like that, there's tons, everybody has that story, but if you look at Danny now, you just see his website and his, his work and all the people he's worked with and the commercials and like the fancy stuff. He's like, oh, this guy must have been doing, no, like, he worked as a UPS guy, sweating his face off in the back of a truck, hating his life. I love it. Right? But like a lot of people, everybody has those stories. Most entrepreneurs especially have those kind of stories where yeah, you, you can uncover it, right? Yeah. And, and Danny makes a little bit of content, but it's not his main, he, he's filming for people, right? Yep. So it doesn't have to be becoming a content creator. It can right. be chasing down your passion. Right. And so that's a cool story. Like people can connect to Danny's story much more than uh, a Bill Gates or something. Sure. Right? Because much closer to the comp. Danny could do that. And now he's got a team. He's got a successful company. He's loving his business and life a lot more. Maybe I can too. And I want to quit my job as a whatever, janitor instead of a UPS driver. Right. I love it. But everybody's got those stories, right? Where if you pick the ones that you're passionate about and then bring on your guests, you can go see them in their studio, right? right? Take Danny to another UPS truck. <laughs> watch, the, watch the PTSD kick in. <laughs> or just go to their studio or go to their space and see that everybody will have some kind of story of, you know, if they, if they can remember a story, right? It's uh, so inspiring too that, because yeah. everyone... I don't want to say everyone, but most people, it seems, are dissatisfied with their job. If you go back to what we talked about at the very beginning, what did I say? It was like, be consistent and then seize the opportunity even when it's inconvenient, right? Like, that's taking a risk. Yeah. Like, saying yes to the opportunity, even though it doesn't make any sense. And your brain is, like, fighting you, don't do this, stay with the job, stay at UPS. You know, it's hot, but you're making money. You have to pay rent. Like, you can, you have a paycheck, right? Versus, I'm going to go and seize the opportunity to take the risk. I love the, I love the take, the take a risk, take a risk with Justin Evans. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. I think I'm going to go with that. Good. Yeah, I mean, it's your words. Yeah, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> if you play back, you can see you said it three times before we even talked about right. it, right? Like, take a risk. Right. I'm dying to know about the studio. Okay. You own the studio. Mm -hmm. Dance studio. What happens here? We teach dance. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this is not a very... Evan Carmichael business, sure. like brick and mortar, right. teaching dance. I That's like, why I'm surprised. Yeah, I like online, I like scale, I like... You this make, location's killer. 
Yeah, it's on the subway line. It's close to the biggest highway in the country. Uh, Young Street is the is the biggest street in the country, uh, and it's Young and 401 almost, so it's it's close. Um, you know, free parking on the ground and uh, vibrant area. But why did I why did I do this? So I have um, I was a student here. It's like dance. I never learned to dance growing up. I don't know if you ever learned to dance no. growing up. Uh, my mother's Italian, so. There's a dance in Italy called the Tarantella, which is a, it's a folk dance. And I never learned it because I was born in Canada. So Italians learned to dance growing up. But in North America, like, we don't, nobody knows how to dance growing up. So I got to university and I wanted to dance. And so my girlfriend at the time went and we signed up for ballroom classes. And I loved it. It's like, oh my God, I get to learn how to dance. And she hated it. So we, we dropped out because they didn't want to make her do something she hated. But you kind of need a partner for ballroom. Yeah. So when we broke up, it's like, oh. I can go dancing. So I picked up salsa. And uh, salsa is much different than much, the difference with salsa and, and ballroom is that salsa is a street dance uh, and it's very social. So you don't have to have a partner. Most people who come to a class don't have a partner. It's like 75% singles, 25% couples. Some people come for date night, whatever. Most people come by themselves. And you rotate. So you'll learn something and then you'll switch partners and learn something and switch partners. And you get to know all of the opposite gender in the class and none of the same gender, right? So if you're, like, you're a guy coming to class, you're single, you get to meet all the women in the class, and you don't really know the guys, but you know, who cares? You, they're there to meet the women and have some fun. And it's much more uh, conducive to meeting people than going to a bar or a club or whatever else. And you get to work through problems. You, know? like you, get to, you get to see how do you learn something with this person. So you're presented with a challenge of you have to learn this move. How do you collaborate and work together? And you see some couples already yelling at each other. It's like, you, you didn't move your hand fast enough. And it's like, well, like if you're stressing out over this, imagine real life. Right, right. <laughs> so, uh, so I loved learning. And then the original owner of this business uh, wanted to not be involved anymore. He wanted to go and pursue a career in acting. And so I said, OK, I'll, I'll, I'll take it over. Um, I met my wife through the business. And so I didn't want it to go away. Right. Like it was too important to this community. It was important to me personally because I met my wife and it was important for the community. And so I was like, okay, I will, I will take it over. I will install a, a manager who I'm gonna train to be an owner. That became Alex. Oh, and cool. uh, that's why we have it. Now it's still fun. Like we come, we come for our weekly parties. Um, Alex runs the business uh, almost 100% on his own. Um, I mentor and, and train him and coach him and answer questions. And I come to dance at the parties. That's so cool. <laughs> and it works for stuff like this because every other, so we're in, a, we're in a mall here in Toronto and every other store is open during the day. You know, it's, it's what, 10.30 on a, on a Wednesday morning. We're closed because yeah. nobody's taking a dance class at 10.30 on a Wednesday morning. We open up when everybody else closes down. So all right. these other stores are closing down five o'clock, six o'clock. That's when we start to open up because people come for dance classes. So it also doubles as a, as a film studio during the day whenever I need to film some content. <laughs> it works. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And again, the location's killer. Yeah. You have the movie theater upstairs. Thinking about taking a risk, right? Alex's story too. He, when, Alex was a student here and was the worst student here, almost. <laughs> like almost the worst student here. 
like he, he, he nodded. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, he got held back. We don't hold people back in class. You have to be new level of bad to be held back. So we have six levels uh, as you work your way up. And a, a level will take about, a, about three months to complete. And he got held back twice. Every level, so you got held back a lot. And again, like 1% of students get held back, less than 1%, like you have to be new level bad. In his life, he was, he was all over the place. He like wanted to be a cop, but then didn't pass the test properly. And so was a security guard and was a uh, Interac salesman walking door to door trying to convince businesses to buy Interac machines. And all this is like all over the place. And slowly he got better. He's, back to consistency, like he was the worst, but he just kept showing up. It's like, okay, I suck, I'll, I'll do the class again. Right, okay, I'm gonna do level two again, I'm gonna do it again, perfect. He just kept, so it might have taken him twice as long compared to a regular student, and he still wasn't as good as them, but he just kept showing up to get to the point now where he is the head instructor and everybody's following him, wow. right, and looking at how good he is. When I asked him to join the school to, to basically be my partner in running this, he uh, was engaged at the time, already had his career in like, career in interact sales or whatever. <laughs> but it was like getting this, getting this thing going. And it's like, this is a risk, right? It's like, okay, you're gonna, you're gonna leave this path of sales where there's a lot of upside and if you get good at it, you can find tons of potential to come and run a dance studio. And most dance studios don't make a lot of money. Most dance studios are run by artists who can sure. kind of just barely support themselves. Where this, this facility alone is, uh, is you know, six figures in rent, right? So it's like, it's, sure. it's, it's costly to run this thing. Right. Um, so it was a risk. And I, I remember I met with Alex a couple times over like late night uh, walks outside to talk about it. And I don't want to force anybody into something that's not a fit for them. Um, Talked to his fiance at the time and like getting her blessing and seeing what, <laughs> making sure everyone would be happy. And then he decided, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the risk and I'll say yes. And that was, I don't know, seven years ago? I don't know how long ago that was. Nine years ago? Wow. You know, and so now like biggest salsa school in the country, maybe again, North America. Uh, and lots of upward growth potential what we're creating. So he, otherwise now he'd be, who knows, selling, some other interact machine door to door somewhere hating his life, <laughs> right? Like taking the risk. Right. So again, but you don't know because when you look at the website or you come through the studios, looks successful. If you came at night, you'll see a whole bunch of students in here dancing, having a good time. You'd assume Alex grew up and was a great dancer and learned this all his life. And it's like, no, he sucked. He was the worst, right? Like the worst. And this is why I love uh, for YouTube creators, kind of bringing it back to creators, don't delete videos on your channel. Okay, that's good. Right? So you can go back and watch the videos on my channel. For me, my first video was April 2009, okay. I think. But I opened my channel in November 2008. Wow. So how often do we like, oh, I'm gonna get started, right? right. And it took me, whatever, five months to even launch my first video. Right. And my first video was, I wanted it to be perfect. So I had my friend, Mark, the same guy I made the Kanye video for. Yeah. He had a video company, so he came and filmed me and made it perfect. And I'm sitting there in my suit and my tie and like trying to memorize my lines. And it took over a day to make one video. But then the future videos, like it was just me. And I, I filmed out of my house. I filmed with terrible lighting. I filmed, but it, I didn't delete them. 
you can go watch them because I think showing the journey is important. I agree. Yeah. I don't know if there's any videos of Alex. Do you have any videos of you sucking, dancing? Like level one, level two? That'd be great to actually see. I have to dig deep. You should, you should dig deep and find that stuff. Because, not, not for this show, but for you, Alex, personally. Because he'll tell people in the class, I was the worst student. But you don't believe him. Sure. Because you look at him now, and he's great at dancing. And then you think, there's no way you sucked. Like, no, no, watch, watch how much I sucked. Watch me like fall over trying to do a turn or whatever, right? See how awkward I was in getting going. And follow this process. Yeah, it's like you can do it great. too. Yeah. But even if it's not like a, a, a process that is laid out, even just continuing to go that it's possible, right? Like watching Alex suck, and this is where your show can come in, right? Like watching Alex suck at being a dancer to then owning the largest dance school in the country for salsa, for the dance of his choice, and being the, the head instructor and teaching at giant events. To be able to do that, somebody watching the show may not want to be a dancer, but inspires them to go take a risk on the thing that they want to do. Right. And expecting to suck at the beginning, and that's okay. Right. Like a lot of times people will start something and suck and then stop. It's like, oh my gosh, I suck at this. So I guess I, I guess I shouldn't do this anymore. I'm like, no, you tried one thing once. Like, why do you expect to be great out of the gate on this thing? Right. Just expect to suck. And so telling those stories of people taking a risk, even if there's no process to follow, ideally, like if somebody's in your industry, follow the process, you have a model to look at. But even just the willingness, I think if you're looking at taking a risk, it's just the willingness to say yes and the willingness to try and the willingness to, to suck at the beginning and to just keep going and not hide it or delete the old videos or anything else. Because you think about, you know, now if you look back and say, well, look at my first videos, you can show how much you suck too, which is more of an inspiration versus everything you did was perfect right away. That's not inspiring. No, not at all. So don't delete your first videos. If it sucks, awesome. Because the you in five years is going to look back and be grateful that you kept those videos up and for people to watch your journey along the way. Yeah, I say every six months. You should, if you're doing it right, you should look back every six months and say, that sucked. That sucked. Yeah. Because you're just getting better and better. And I think the key difference is, is between that sucked and I suck. Yeah. Right? It's not that you suck. You just don't have the skill. Right. You don't suck as a human. That's what we then interpret it as, like, oh, I, don't, I can't do this well, so then I suck. And we feel bad as people that we don't have the skill, so we suck as humans, as opposed to, no, I just don't know how to do that thing yet. And the fact that I'm willing to try is an inspiration. Like, I'm amazing that I tried that thing and sucked at it. Right. Fascinating. I wanted to ask you before we wrap this up, you've rubbed shoulders with so many incredible people. Tony Robbins... Sad guru. I mean, so, so many incredible people. Is there a piece of advice or wisdom or favorite thing you've heard from any of these people you've rubbed shoulders with that you think's worth sharing? I'm trying to, I'm trying to not give you just a standard cop-out answer. I, I, think, I think it's all doable, right? Again, like I just kept doing it. I just kept, I just kept being in the game. I look at Tony, for example. Tony was my first big interview. So Tony, uh, when we did the profile, like a top 10 on Tony, he put it on his YouTube channel, he, his team, right? I'm, Tony's not probably going in there and yeah. <laughs> changing his homepage and like, oh, Evan, I love this guy. This, you know. <laughs> but his team like, featured it on, on the homepage of their YouTube page. 
and uh, they were grateful that you know I made this compilation. And I, I stayed in touch and brought value to their team. And a couple of years later of just bringing value, they said, hey, Tony's doing a, a book launch and he'd like for you to be one of the people that he does an interview with. What? Like, like yeah, well, I mean, I'm not sure. And he doesn't, he, at the time, he didn't like doing online. He still prefers face-to-face, but it's become a lot more normalized now. But he was only picking like three or five people, period, to do online with. So I was one of, the, I was one of those people because I had helped. He probably didn't even know who I was, right? Like I'd helped the team and they saw my audience growing, so cool. Like, oh my God, if I get Tony Robbins, and you, there's the, what am I gonna ask him? And then also that's gonna help my business so much, I can get other people on. So the whole week leading up to it, I was a wreck. Like, what am I gonna ask? Tony Robbins, I couldn't sleep well, I couldn't focus on any other task. And then it got to the day of, like here we are, okay. You know, breathing exercises, trying to calm down. We're going to have this thing in a couple hours. And then I got a message from his team saying, sorry, Tony, can't make it. Got some, some emergency or whatever. And that happens too, right? Sure. I mean, like, at the time I was devastated. It was like, oh my God, he hates me or <laughs> whatever. But, but that's very common trying to organize these kinds of things. Uh, but we'll, let's do something else. You know, we'll figure out something else. It took another one or two years of following up to get Tony to come back on. Not anything against Tony, right? Again, he's busy, he's got other stuff, yeah. uh, but it's just a consistency. Okay, I, I keep reaching out, and not just saying, hey, is Tony ready, hey, is Tony, but trying to bring value, trying to help, trying to give them YouTube advice, trying to help however I can, to then he finally came back on, right? And so now I'm like five years deep in on this relationship be, before even having him on for the first time, right? But that interview went great, and he's been on you know, two or three more times since then. And then that led to whoever, Matthew McConaughey or Deepak Chopra or Sadhguru or Gary Vee or whoever to come on. And then it, the snowball starts to, to build. But there's a lot of work to get the first one in. And so just most people, they give up along the way because it gets too hard. They get, they get dealt a blow like that on the day of. Like I was so nervous on the, going in for the whole week that I like, was secretly hoping they would cancel so that I didn't have to disappoint. Like, what if I asked the wrong question? What if I'm not a good interviewer, right? right? But the only thing worse than, than doing the interview and it's sucking is not doing the interview. Right. And them canceling, which happened. Um, so it's led me to create a lot of these relationships, but just, it was never part of the plan. It was just, I'm trying to help, I'm trying to serve. You know, you're doing the podcast, you'll end up talking to a lot of your heroes and mentors if you want to. Give them advice, give them feedback help them with whatever they're trying to get out to the world right now and stay in touch. Um, so again, that led to me being able to meet amazing people that I never thought you know, I'd be able to meet right. to just read about their books or watch their videos. In terms of advice, Brendan Burchard gave me a great piece of advice. So back to kind of taking a risk and saying yes to an inconvenient opportunity. I was speaking on Brendan's stage and Brendan doesn't bring in a lot of outside guests. So for that event, it was me and Eric Thomas, and that was it for the whole event. It was him and his friends teaching the rest. After the event, he said, hey, I'm gonna be doing my own little mastermind at my house, it was in Puerto Rico, at my house in, uh, in a week. Do you wanna hang out? There's no, there's no cost, it's just me and my friends. And we're gonna hang out at my place and just help each other. Wow. So like, 
Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sure. Uh, yeah, I guess. And his friends are like Lewis Howes and Russell Brunson and Jay Shetty and oh, wow. Tom Bilyeu and Mel Robbins and like all the all the yeah. content creators. I mean, in MySpace, they're all big names and sure. thought leadership entrepreneurship. But it was it was going to be in a week, and they all use iPhones to connect, and I didn't have an iPhone at the time. So I called my wife, Nina. I was by myself in Puerto Rico because I was supposed to go home the next day. And I told her, okay, so change of plans. You're gonna fly down to Puerto Rico. We need to extend our stay an, an extra week and a half. Uh, you need to buy two iPhones, or you need to buy an iPhone. She bought an extra one for herself, but. <laughs> <laughs> you need to buy an iPhone for me so I can communicate with these guys. And um, yeah, you know, get on the first flight that you can. So like, I didn't even know what I had planned for that week. I didn't even know what she had planned for the week, but it didn't matter, right? Like, whatever can be rescheduled and reorganized and pushed aside. And so I get there on day one at Brendan's house, and he tells me, you, I need to make sure, you need to make sure that you ask for something. Because you're always pouring into other people and giving, but we don't know how to help you. Interesting. So you have to ask. Like, you gotta, when it's your time, everybody, his format was everybody basically gets 20 minutes. We just sit around this giant table that he's got and everybody gets 20 minutes. And so like, what do you want help with? And then whoever's turn it is, they ask questions and everybody just kind of pours into them, right? Like, I need you to ask. Wow. Um, which was, which was this, I have a hard time asking for things, you know, and still do. Sure. Um, I don't want to be like that sales guy who's just always saying, like, what, what can you do for me instead of the other way around? So that's a, that's a piece of advice that really helped me. He told me at the right moment, because we were just about to sit down for day one, and I probably would have defaulted to scared Evan, afraid to ask for anything, and just bring value and just help, but never ask. And so that little bit of advice in the, at the right time really helped me. Um, and at the time, I was doing a book launch, Built to Serve, and I ended up asking everybody to take a picture with me for the book. Nice. And I didn't even have my book ready yet. So I had, the, I had the manuscript, but it didn't have like a actual galley. And so I also asked Nina, Nina does a lot, uh, to print off a, um, the jacket of the new cover. Nice. And my first book was called Your One Word. My new book was called Built to Serve. And so we wrapped my first book with the second book. And, and we took pictures with the book. Nice. Brendan gave me a piece of advice of have people read the book. So read a section of the book and have them read like a passage from the book that is relevant to what their message is. So I asked, well, would you, would you do that for me, Brendan? Right. I'm asking. He's like, yes. Like, OK, great. But I don't have a copy of the book. So I went through my manuscript, the new one, and wrote out, I found like the passage that I think would be relevant to Brendan. And then I found a blank page in my Your One Word book and I hand wrote it, tried to be as neat as possible so that he could read the new passage that's in my old book right. with the new cover, right. right? But I would have been too afraid to do any of that stuff if he hadn't told me, like, you need to make sure that you ask for something, right? And so that's still a lesson that I have to keep top of mind because, uh, yeah, I still don't ask for help when I need to. Hey, same here, guilty. I totally get it. I totally get it. Evan, thank you again for the invitation to Toronto. There it is. Here it remembers. Is. I love it. Blue Jays for days. Here we are. <laughs> like I'm like, got my Canadian lumberjack shirt. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. Like this is amazing. Cool, man. I feel well, like I'm at home. 
I love the first episode. Uh, love that you came up for round two. And super excited to see where you take, take a risk with Justin Evans. I'm changing the name. It's amazing. <laughs> Thank you again. Oh,